Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within. To seek out new joys and new methods of awakening. To boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome back, friends, family, and fellow explorers to Awareness Explorers. I'm Jonathan Robinson. I'm with my trusty co-host, Brian Tom O'Connor. And today we are going to talk about time and the mind. And I fear we don't have enough time to cover everything we need to cover because there's a lot. And it's interesting that we haven't talked about time before, Brian, because it is such a key issue in awakening. And I'm looking forward to hearing what we have to say. And specifically, when we brought up the idea of talking about time, what was the first thing that arose in your mind? Well, the first thing that arose was really a question, which is, does time exist? Or is it all in the mind? And that's what I think we're mainly going to be exploring. I think we'll be exploring a lot of different things, including that. And when you say that, I think that it's always interesting when I read about physicists talking about time, that they have very bizarre ideas about it. And we might talk about that as well. You know, the first thing that occurred to me uh, getting here today, I was kind of behind schedule. I have been hurrying the last half hour and how much I hurry and how much we think in terms of time. You know, on one side, you could say time's not real. There's only now. We've never lived in the future. We've never lived in the past. It's just now. And yet all our thoughts and most of our feelings are based on this reality we call time, which in some ways, at least, does not exist. And it's very hard to step out of that framework because our culture, our thoughts, our friends, our schedule, our work are all based on this thing called time. And we're kind of imprisoned by it. Well, it's a useful tool for our individual body minds to live and uh, interact with each other in this world. And that's really all it is. It's, it's, it's a construct that we use. It's in our minds. It's all conceptual. But when it comes to awakening or to recognizing uh, your true nature as awareness, it's actually an obstacle because we mostly think of enlightenment as this thing that's going to happen to us sometime in the future. And by definition, it, it never does. And it can, we can only see our true nature now. All that exists is now. Planning happens now. We might be thinking about the future, but it's happening now. Memory happens now. We might be remembering things in the past, but that is happening now. There has never, ever been any time when we ever experienced the past or the future other than as some concept in our thoughts, which is our, our mind. And it's very hard to get that because we've been programmed for a lot of years to think that we're in a timeline where we've had a long past, we're 
we have this second right now, which is almost like an inconvenience because we're trying to get somewhere in the future, even if it's to enlightenment, you know, uh, I got to do my spiritual practice now so that someday in the future, I will be awake. And it's such a ridiculous notion on the surface, but we're pretty well programmed by it. You know, I like um, some of the things Jan Frazier has said about time. Uh, we interviewed her earlier in the podcast. Uh, one phrase she has is she says, stop believing in the future. When awareness is on the future, you are holding the prison gate shut. And that's a pretty confronting statement. She also says, anything that nurtures belief in the reality of time puts you in your head. And think how much we are thinking in terms of the future. I mean, if 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 you knew that you were going to die in like one minute, your whole reality would change because you wouldn't be thinking about the future, except maybe the future of dying. And so time is is a paradigm that we live in, but it's also something that you can become free of if you find a method that helps you to step out of this made-up reality. And we'll talk about some of those methods later in the podcast. One thing I've been studying in preparing for this podcast is the work of Philip Zimbardo. He's a very famous psychologist who said that People and cultures have different time orientations. Some cultures are very focused on the past. Some are focused more on the present. Some are focused more on the future. And then he said some are focused on what is called the transcendent future, meaning basically that they're focused on what will happen after you die, like trying to get to heaven. And that these different time orientations create totally different realities. I mean, in a very simple way, dogs have a focus on the present. <laughs> they, they, their idea is there's the present, and then there's forever. So I leave the house to go to the car to pick up something that I left. When I leave, they think I'm going to be gone forever. I come back, and they feel like uh, it's been forever, and now we're celebrating the present. And that's one of the things I love about dogs is that they don't, you know, they're not worried about tomorrow afternoon. Right. But it's interesting what you said about Zimbardo, that the different cultural attitudes towards time create different realities. And I think that's really key because it shows us that these realities that we think we're experiencing are actually simply created by our minds. I, I call them virtual realities. We mostly live in a virtual reality, which is made up of thoughts and ideas about what should have happened or what did happen in the past or what should happen or might happen in the future. And that's not real reality. Real reality is right now, what we're experiencing through our senses, whatever is occurring right now, and that can be experienced but usually only without the verbal narrative that goes along with past and future. When we drop that, we can drop into our bodies and we can experience real reality right here, right now. And it's kind of amazing how little we tend to do that. That's how little right. we tend to be in real reality. And, and it's a, as you said, it's a cultural thing. Like in the United States, 
where we live, there's very much an emphasis on the future. But if you go back to like 1960s, you know, like the hippie movement, there was more of a focus on now, you know, live for today. And in different cultures around the world, some people might focus, well, now is not that important. What's important is what happens after you die in reincarnation. And, you know, this is now and even this lifetime is not very important. So they do create really different realities. They've done studies that show that the people who are the happiest are people who have balanced views of past, present, and future, you know, so you can plan, so you remember your past, but you're more in the present, but that very few cultures have a balanced view of time, and we tend to be a product of our culture, or our culture. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but the thing to remember is that all of these views about time are simply tools, and they're, it's, as such, they're not bad. I mean, we need them. If we want to get to the airport on time, we have to plan exactly when we're going to leave and how we're going to get there and what we're going to pack, etc. Uh, but these are tools. But these are not the master. They're the servant. It's when we obsess about it. And usually, I'm talking about in an emotional way. There's practical usage of time, which we all need. But when we're obsessing and worrying about the past and the future, and we have this idea that something bad is going to happen or something bad did happen, and we're we're arguing with the reality in our minds. That's that's what gets in the way. That's the hindrance to spiritual awakening, is that emotional obsession with past or future, whether it be the future of our lives or whether it be the future of the afterlife. They're both not real and they're both not what's happening now, and they're both not reality, and they're, and none of it is helpful. Mm -hmm. Well said. You know, I think that really each person has a certain relationship with now, and a certain relationship with the past, and a certain relationship with the future. In my case, I would say my relationship with the past is kind of like, eh, it's not important. Whereas I know people who, you know, they obsess over what happened when they were seven years old, and they spend a lot of time, money, and energy focused on that. And for me, it's like, yeah, you know, that it's not important. I tend to be focused more on the future, you know, creating goals, and even the goal of, I'll do my spiritual practice, so someday I'll be more awake, which is kind of a, a ridiculous notion. Um, and my relationship with the present, when I look at it in detail, this is embarrassing, is it's kind of like an inconvenience. You know, <laughs> I'm doing the dishes now, you know, this moment is an inconvenience. I'm really getting to the place where uh, I, I want to be somewhere in the future. And I once had a conversation with Adyashanti about this. You know, I said, as I'm putting on my clothes, well, that's an inconvenience. I'm really trying to get outside. And when I'm going outside to exercise, that's really an inconvenience. I'm really trying to get to good health. And, you know, everything became like, I'm doing this for the future. You know, that this is not that important. And I just said, uh, well, what's the ultimate goal? And I said, like, when he said, when are you not doing that? And I said, well, I, I don't do it so much like during sex. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> like I'm trying to get this over with. Although there's sometimes that even shows up. Then like the other time where I don't feel that is when I'm in a state of bliss. But if you're not careful that that virus of now is not that important can take over. And it's certainly talked about and, and programmed into us by so many cultural references. That's right. It really, we often do think that now is not important. And um, now is not only the most important thing, it is the only thing. <laughs> yes, yes. And so I've been trying to reprogram uh, my future-oriented mind with certain phrases. And in today's meditation, we'll go more into this. But one of my phrases is, right now is the most important moment of my life. <laughs> Which is an interesting phrase, because it's always true. You know, even if you're just doing the dishes or, or uh, cleaning your house, you'd have to say that right now is the single most important moment of my entire life because it's the moment I am in. <laughs> That's right. However, it does assume that there are other moments in your life. And there um, aren't. Okay, okay. Now is the only moment of my life. There, You just ruined that <laughs> phrase for me, Brian. But... Oh, I'm sorry. It's a good phrase. Yeah, and, and, I'm just and, being. I'm just playing devil's advocate for a little bit here. Sorry. Well, it, it, I think it's a phrase to help me go from the future time orientation to at least moving in the right direction. And uh, there's other phrases I use, like you know, uh, uh, there's only this, or uh, time is an illusion, or there is no future. You know, once I was in a um, 10-day meditation retreat where we got to talk to the teacher of this retreat every three days, and I just spent like 15 hours a day meditating, uh, trying to meditate, but in actuality, thinking about all the things I was going to do once I left the retreat. And so I told the teacher this, you know, I keep thinking about you know, the pizza I'm going to eat when I leave here, or the goals I'm going to achieve, or things to do with my career. And the teacher said, what makes you think that you're going to have a future? Because you might, you know, leave the retreat and get run over by a car. So all your thoughts are, are like completely ridiculous. So I tried to take that in, and he suggested that I meditate on the fact that I could die at any moment. And that any thoughts about a future were completely irrelevant. You know, like we might not have thoughts about our next life. Whereas in India, you know, people often think, gee, I hope I get reborn here. But I, I never think that. So he said they're irrelevant. They're not, they're not, they don't have any basis in reality. And you may not have a future. So I kind of meditated on the thought that I may not have a future. And that helped me to be more present with my breath. And then I left the retreat and ends up a month later, I was involved in a serious car accident in which I almost died. So he was right on many levels. Mm -hmm. And uh, it did have an effect like, well, I don't really know if there's a future. So come back to now. Now is the most important moment. And I think every person has to find a way 
a method, a philosophy, or something to make now more of their mental space, more of their reality, because we're basically inundated with other time frames that are completely illusory. That's right. It's very well said. Um, the one caveat here, though, is that we we shouldn't think that, therefore, any time we're thinking about the future, like planning something practical, that that's bad somehow, or that mm -hmm. we shouldn't be doing it. That's that's um, creating unnecessary duality. That's creating an unnecessary boundary that doesn't really exist. Sure, you do that, you plan, and when you're planning, you're actually planning it now. I, I, I think that, though, when you're focusing on spiritual awakening or your spiritual life or simply your emotional happiness, we're talking about developing a, a sort of a habit. Uh, like, for example, if you're meditating and you're sitting and you're thinking, I am meditating so that the, because I believe that the more I meditate and the longer I meditate, the closer I will get on the pathway to enlightenment. And it's that idea that is the obstacle. But if instead you just say, okay, here I am just for five minutes, I am going to drop or see if I can ignore thoughts about the past, thoughts about the future, and simply notice what's happening right now in my body, in the air around me, in the room right here. What's arising now? And you only have to do that for a couple of seconds. I mean, you can just practice this many, many, many times a day until it becomes second nature. Mm -hmm. And then you drop this whole, this entire construct in your mind that what you're doing is you are, you have a practice that's leading you on a path to get somewhere. Because the entire idea of getting something or getting rid of something is the number one obstacle to self-realization, realizing yeah. your true nature. Yeah, and someday I'll, I'll have that in my mind. That was a joke. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I liked it. That's a good one. Anyways, I, I, on a, uh, you said that really well. On an experiential level, I notice in my world, I kind of have a thing where I um, deliberately am aware of two channels. One channel I'll call the, the time channel, where I believe in time, I'm preparing, I'm doing something now, kind of for the future in some way, even if it's just cleaning my house. And then there's what I would call sacred time, which is real time, which is where I am putting as much of my focus as possible on now and stepping off of the carousel of time, which feels like almost like one of those moving sidewalks you get at an uh, airport. You, you're, you're stepped on and it's, it's going somewhere. It's going somewhere into the future, but I step off of that into stillness into now and it feels like you're almost shifting a reality which you are but having the idea of like a switch or a channel that i go from one to the other and it's deliberate helps me to do it more efficiently and effectively 
And sometimes I use a phrase like there's only now or whatever phrase I'm using. And it really is an interesting feeling to go from these two realities very deliberately dozens of times a day, even if just for 10 seconds. I'm going to step off the moving sidewalk now and just be here for 10 seconds. And that creates a touchstone of putting your body, mind, and spirit into something that's real. Yeah, I really like that technique. And the thing that's one of the things that's good about it is it doesn't make a villain out of the channel that you sometimes need mm -hmm. um, for practical purposes, but you can switch back and forth whenever you want to. So you don't have to be in some state or position or location 24-7. You can actually just flip the channel at will. Yeah, unless you're living in a, in a retreat or a monastery, you do need some time orientation. Sure. Uh, and we probably have met people who kind of aren't doing that. And they don't always have uh, places that they're living at, you know, they, they sometimes are on the street and they haven't gotten the material world together. So we don't want to do that necessarily, uh, but we don't want to be imprisoned by time. Another thing that Jan Fraser has said, a phrase I like is, we'd rather look to the future to rescue us from ourselves than just be with the present. And that's part of the thing that we do at time, which we always think, oh, well, as soon as this is done, then I can be peaceful. As soon as I'm done making more money, then I can be peaceful. As soon as I can clean my house, I'll be peaceful. As soon as I meditate later, I'll be peaceful. As soon as the world situation is better, I'll be peaceful. And if you do that, you will never have peace. Absolutely. It will never happen. It's like um, you're, you're, it's like the person who travels half the distance to where they're going every, uh, you know, every minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that's so good. I mean, Jan Fraser is so wise on this subject. And it really shows us that the whole idea of getting somewhere and the whole idea of not being okay with what's happening now. In other words, what I'm getting at is, why do we avoid the present moment? What is it that's going on now that we want to step out of into the past or the future? And I would say it's the emotions that we don't like, the so-called negative emotions. Most of our dwelling on the past and future is some strategy to deal with an emotion that we don't want to have. And the only real way to deal with that is when emotions arise, look at what the strategy you're having not to have the emotion and simply relax as much as possible and allow the emotion to be there because it's something that's happening right now. And it's something that can be felt in your body because emotions are chemical reactions. And so, so notice your body without the story, without the narrative around it. Just notice what you're feeling. What if emotions were simply sensations in your body unattached to any story or any narrative? I'm really glad you brought that up because you're right that 
our thinking about the future and mind stuff around it is often just a simple way of avoiding what's happening inside our bodies this moment. Right. And if you can get better at opening to what's happening, basically being okay with a little bit of discomfort. And most of us are not. We have endless strategies from smartphones to food to thinking to always kind of deflect us from slight negative emotions or discomfort. And part of being awakening, part of spiritual seeking and awakening is to be able to surrender to what is. And most of the time, what is is not terrible. It's just you know, slightly uncomfortable. And so I'll avoid it. Right. It reminds me of one of my favorite book titles of all time by Sailor Bob Adamson. And the title of the book is What's Wrong with Right Now? Unless you think about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, but think about it, we do. And that creates its own set of problems. It does. And, and, and speaking of techniques, the fact that we're thinking about it leads us to one very useful technique, which is simply, what can I notice about my experience without verbal thought? What can I notice that's arising now and notice it wordlessly? Mm -hmm. I've used that technique and I really like it because it just almost like pushes you into now. Uh-huh. Other methods, uh, we talked a little bit about phrases. I think everybody can come up with a phrase that is tailor-made to them, such as uh, another phrase I'm using might be, it's okay to be with this. You know, because if I'm trying to distract myself, eh, it's okay to be with this. And it helps me to relax into now. You know, of course, Ram Dass phrase, be here now, you know, whatever works for you. You have uh, your favorite techniques or phrases? I, I, I like to think of, I used to call it the circle of this. I often call it that. And, and this is what I would call now, period, here, period, this, period. Now, here, this. And it's a circle of only what's arising now, only what's happening now, nothing about the thought, nothing about the past or the future. And I just imagine being in that circle and trying not to step out of it. And of course you step out of it. The mind does it. It's what the mind does. But you just simply and gently notice you've stepped out of it, step back into it. That That's not really a phrase. You asked a question about a phrase. That's actually more of a, 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 of, of a technique. I guess the phrase is... Well, the phrase would be now, here, this. Now, here, this. Yeah. Now, period, here, period, this, period. Exactly. Right. And the other one is what is already okay with what's happening? Hmm. I like how much that does not work for me. <laughs> it shows that it's very individual. It like absolutely the phrase, the phrase now, here, this works for me. It's like a, a, five second contemplation now okay you know i'm telling my mind we're focusing on now 
hear, and then I listen for what sounds are actually happening now, including the sounds of thoughts in my head, and then this. And basically, you're saying this is all there is. This is this right now is reality. Uh, remember or try to tune into it. That's right. This is real reality as opposed to virtual reality. And so you mm -hmm. can ask yourself, am I in virtual reality or am I in real reality? Am I in this or am I in then? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, time can be very elastic depending upon how much you're focused on now. You know, there's there's phrases, uh, time flies when you're having fun, but and other phrases like that. But I've noticed that on certain drugs, time slows down tremendously, or in certain moments, time speeds up tremendously, which shows how psychological it is and how when we change our orientation, we change our reality very deeply. There's been moments that lasted maybe 20 seconds that seemed like they were going on for days. And then there were times where, what happened to 1987? You know, that I, I that seemed to go by in about five seconds. <laughs> That's right. And even without drugs, I find that, for instance, if I have a long way to go and I'm walking, because in, in New York City here, we walk a lot to get places. And I'm kind of in a hurry and I'm walking fast. It seems to take me a really long time to get there. And when mm. I simply slow down and don't hurry, I seem to get there much faster. <laughs> it's really weird. And that and your drug example actually are, are indications that time is simply in the mind. It's just a construct. It's just, it's useful, but it's not it's not reality. It's just, it's just thought. So you're saying that time is not keeps on ticking into the future. It's ticking really into just <laughs> another now. Yeah, that's right. Uh -huh. That's right. That's a good one. Isn't there a song about that? Yeah. Time keeps on ticking, ticking, ticking into the future. Right. Wow. If you can rewrite that song, time is just now now ticking ticking into the now yeah we well. definitely don't have a top 40 hit with that uh, i don't think so no yeah yeah what other things can we explore about time before we go into meditation well i i, I think we've talked about this already but i think this is simply the most important thing about it and i'm just going to repeat it one more time is that the idea that we're going to get somewhere different from where we are now is the obstacle to awakening. And awakening is when you drop all that, uh, when you realize that all your attempts to change your state to some more enlightened state are just part of the illusion and part of the, the obstacle. And so time just let realize that it's not your friend unless you have to get to the airport or uh or you're you know you have to get to work on time you, you know it, it's your servant but not not your master and not mm -hmm. your your 
not your deepest, truest friend. And the great news is we all have equal access to now. You know, we don't have equal access to money or intelligence or power, but the doorway to the eternal, to God, to consciousness, is equally available to everyone all the time. That's mind-blowing. It is. And, and really a wonderful aspect of being human, that there is a certain equality. There certainly is not equality in the world, but there is exact equal if you're if you can fog a mirror if you're currently alive you have equal access to the portal that leads to infinity right the portal of now mhm yep that's a wonderful thing and it is and very very positive and hopeful and and i hope relaxing and our mission should we decide to accept it is to find more ways to get into that portal, to relax into the portal, to create more space so that we can be in the nurturance of that experience. And we can have a little bit of an amused detachment from all the thoughts in our head that are saying, but wait, there's a future. We got to plan for it. We got to do everything for it. And uh, and to take some of those thoughts and meanderings and perhaps take them a little less seriously. Yes, nice. So I hope people got some phrase, some method, some inspiration that they can use you know, this podcast, although hopefully we are entertaining and interesting, we also hope that it helps you to have more moments of awakening. And to do that, methods are great. Meditations are great. We obviously have like 90 guided meditations now on our website, awarenessexplorers.com. And everybody has equal access to them. Now, our Patreon subscribers have even more access. We sometimes send you additional guided meditations that I've made or Brian had made that we normally sell. So thank you for our Patreon supporters. And if you want access to those extra blogs and meditations, etc., cetera, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash awareness explorers. And I don't know about you, Brian, but I actually listen to these guided meditations that you and I and other people have made because they all focus really on bringing us back from the wild imaginings of the future into the present. And in that way, they're a really sacred gift. Couldn't have put it better myself. Well, thank you. And um, I thought today we would do a guided meditation that's a little bit different. We have so many meditations that focus us on now. But I think there's an aspect where we really have to almost reprogram our mind that we have a different time orientation because most of us are so focused, our thoughts are so focused on the future, that it's really helpful to contemplate phrases that kind of blow up that paradigm. So if you have the time, and you do, <laughs> Get yourself relaxed. And in a position, if you want, you can 
close your eyes or keep them open. I'm going to guide you in some contemplations about time that hopefully will have the result of bringing you more into the present and giving you more of a sense of importance of this timeless moment that we are always in. So take a deep breath. And as I say certain phrases slowly, I'll give you some time to just contemplate the phrase. Like putting a small rock in a pond, let the ripples move through your mind, move through your being, and see what it does, and see how it feels, and see how it impacts you. And the first phrase is, there is only just now. There is only just right now. Notice how your body and mind react to each of these phrases, including this one. Right now is the single most important moment in my entire life because it is the moment I am in. Right now is the most important moment in my life. Notice how you react as I say this phrase. I have never lived in the future. I have only lived in the present. Once again, I've never lived in the future. I have only lived in the present.
all of my life has been just one moment, the moment of now. I will never be awake in the future. I can only be awake right this moment. I will never be awake in the future. I can only be awake in this moment. Notice what changes in you as you contemplate these phrases? And like a finger pointing to the moon, allow your beingness to relax into where these phrases are pointing. There's only the present moment. There's only the present moment. And finally, all I ever need to do is relax into the present moment. All I ever need to do is relax into this present moment. Take some time and just relax into now. If thoughts or resistance to the present show up in any way, just relax with them. Allow them to be and relax into that present moment.
and become aware of your body in a room. Your body is firmly in the stillness of the present, and soon you will be aware of two realities, the reality of the present moment and the reality of being on a timeline in which there are things to do and there's an imagined future that you create to help you live a balanced life. But as you step onto the timeline where there's a future, you continue to be aware that there's another reality where it's always just the present. So it helps you to relax with whatever you may need to do today because you are firmly grounded in the reality of now. And if your eyes were closed, you can slowly open them, become aware of your surroundings, take your time, and then slowly enter your day with a more relaxed and present experience of enjoyment. Welcome back. Wow. Thank you. Worked for me. I'm relaxed and present. (laughs) That was great. I think Ajashanti said that he he used phrases that helped him to let go of his old orientation and enter a new one. And it's not a, a meditation technique that is talked about a lot now, but I think it can be very useful to some people and does help to kind of reprogram our brain and our reality to a more uh, real reality. Yeah, I do too. And uh, you provided a lot of phrases and and they're all really helpful. And if someone decides that just simply one of them works more than the others, just just do that one. That's fine. Or you can listen to them all. Uh, or maybe on different days, one may work and one may not. But you only need one <laughs> if it works for you. Exactly. And they and sometimes one that worked for you last week uh, became mechanical, so you then do a different one. And That's right. I, enc- I encourage people to put them on Post-it notes. Uh, and I change them. I have about 20 that I, I have come up with that I, I alter because uh, if I see there's just now on a post-it note five days in a row, eventually I, I ignore it. But when there's a new one, yeah. um, it, it helps to hit my mind in new ways. Sure, it refreshes it. Right. Another thought I had was that a good thing to remember so that you don't beat yourself up over thinking about the past and the future is just to simply notice that while you're remembering the past, you're remembering it now. Remembering is happening now. While you're imagining the future, the imagining is happening now. Mm. Yeah. 
that that's that's a way of reprogramming the brain as well. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, our listeners might think that there's time and that we will meet them next time, but in reality, we will be meeting them in the eternal present once again. Yeah. See you now. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Between now and the future now, uh, keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website, at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends, because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.